Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Locked In Baseball Podcast. And um, I'd like to uh, to welcome a you know a, a, a very well known coach in the high school uh, level in Southern California, but also, I mean, you know, just like we've talked about Ralph on you know off the record a little bit that um, you know you have that unique perspective of also being a part of the college game. Um, earlier in your career and so you kind of are on both sides of the spectrum as far as you know recruiting players and you know being on the player side now and helping them along their path to possibly play next level baseball at the college level um ralph grajeda i really appreciate you appreciate you taking the time he's a he's current head coach at yakaipa high school but he's you know he's, he's been involved in the college game for you know a, a long time so ralph i really appreciate you taking the time today yo i appreciate you having me on and yeah, love to talk baseball and talk about both perspectives. You know, being a high school coach now, and then you know, in a former life being a, a college recruiter and being a head college coach at a, a smaller college level. So, if I can have some insight, I'd, I'd love to do so. No, I mean, and you know, I, I saw you a few months back when, um, you know, when we were still you know on the field with the high school teams, and I, you know, I help out Rancho Cucamonga High School, and you know, it was good to see you briefly there. Um, you know, you you got your guys playing well. Um, you know, and, and what I've noticed about you, and I, you know, I met you a while back when you were back at Vanguard. Um, shoot, maybe yes, that was about, about 10 years ago or so now, right? 10 years ago, yeah, 10 years ago. And time mm-hmm. flies. So, I mean, if you, you know, briefly, if you wouldn't mind, ta- you know, talking about, you know, your background in the game, um, where you've been as a coach, as a player, if you like, and, you know, kind of start from there, and then we can move on to topics regarding, you know, youth baseball, um, recruiting, whatever we, you know, wherever the, the wind takes us, so. Yeah, um, I'm an Orange County product. I, I grew up uh, in, in Tustin. I went to Tustin High. I played for Vince Brown over at Foothill High School. He was actually, he just retired. Um, actually, one of the best high school coaches around Syria. That, that guy's been a great friend and a mentor and you know, just been a, a positive impact in my life. Um, so I, I, I grew up in Tustin, played for him while he was the head coach at Tustin High. Learned a lot from him organization um, from there and then you know, after that I was settled at community college and, and played for uh, Jack Hodges who recently retired and some McCartney um, who's taken over there and has done a great job and then after that I, I uh, had some opportunity of trying to get into UCI uh, to play for Coach Jarakis at the time um, but ended up not <laughs> not uh, passing a stats class like I should have and so I decided to go to uh, Cal State San Bernardino um, Last minute, and I had a great. I had a great experience. Um, we went to the D3 uh, College World Series back in uh, once in '93. It was our last last year with Coach Deagle, Chuck Deagle, before he retired, and we took third. I'm assuming we took fifth at the D3 level, and I was out in Battle Creek, Michigan, and then he retired. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, what was what the next move was for me. So took a year off, and then and eventually um, finished my senior year at Point Loma Nazarene University. And that's where some things really started to open up for me. We um, we took third in the NEI College World Series. I was a catcher there. Um, we got to meet some great coaches. Um, Dr. Carol Lamb was our head coach. He's highly involved in the American Baseball Coaches Association. Our associate head coach was Scott Sarver at the time. And uh, he, has a, he has a great college baseball mind. And, uh, you know, Point Loma, as you know, is one of those places where, uh, Jay Johnson also went as well. And Jay's a good friend of mine from the University of Arizona. And, you know, when I left the game as, as a senior, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I know I wanted to stay in the game. And so teaching and coaching kind of, kind of brought me back into the fold 
and I went back to my uh, high school coach, Vince Brown, and started coaching at, at Foothill High. And, you know, I've coached for 22 years. Um, you know, I've, been, I've had some great mentors and some great coaches. Vince Brown has, has been just very, very instrumental in my life. I mean, from being a, a young man playing baseball, going through some family adversity, um, was just really just a, um, a constant and very uh, supportive and helpful uh, teacher and mentor during that time. And so then I got my break coaching with him, and we had some really good teams. Um, I want to say in 99, we, uh, take that back, in 98, we, we won a CV League title, and we, won, we beat uh, Canyon High School, which was national ranked. I don't believe we were ranked at all. And I, that was my first case of looking at high-level high school baseball was, with that, was at Foothill High School in 98. From there, I went over to Servot High School, as a, uh, as a assistant coach with Todd Cook at the time, and we had a phenomenal team. Um, we had three major leaguers on that team. Um, they became major leaguers. We had Ryan Garko was our catcher, who, um, you know, he ended up playing for Cleveland, and I want to see San Francisco. He was our catcher there. We had Ben Francisco, was a, a center fielder for us, that played at UCLA and played for Philadelphia. And then we had a right-handed pitcher, um, Brian Wolf, that was drafted with uh, Toronto, and he was dominant on the mound. So I started to get a feel and a taste for, you know, really, really high level of uh, high school baseball. I want to say in 99 at Survive, we were sixth in the country by USA Today. It was, uh, it was a great opportunity to move into the next level, and I had an opportunity to go back um, in the fall of 99. And so the 2000 season to start my college coaching career at Saddleback Community College to Jack Hodges, who I taught for, um, back when I was playing. And I was there for, I was there for four years and, um, that's when I really learned the, uh, the college game and, and recruiting and how to develop the college player. And, uh, it was a great experience. I had, a, I had a couple, I had some opportunities to put together a couple of recruiting classes. And I want to say in 2004, my last recruiting class, at Saddleback, we were at one point the number one ranked team in California. Um, and we eventually won a state championship in 2004. So it was a really good experience. Um, that experience there provided me an opportunity to coach at UC Davis with, uh, with Rex Peters, um, who's now the hitting coach at UCLA. Uh, when I went to UC Davis, the Rex, Rex had left Chapman, got the head job at uh, UC Davis. We were transitioning from uh, the CCAA to the Big West. They were making that move from uh, D2 to D1. They were at D2 Powerhouse for a really long time. And um, in 2003, we went to the D2 World Series. We took fifth. It was a great experience. And um, my only downside on that was, you know, the job did not go full-time. It was hard to live off the coaching stipend. Um, I know a lot of coaches can, um, can relate to that. It's hard to make a living in the college game. But I was very thankful for the experience. I learned quite a bit. Um, basically, the tools that I have now as a head college coach, or as you know, as a head high school coach and a former head college coach, I learned a lot in that year with Rex. So a lot of things that I did on the, on the college level, I learned from him. Um, I had an opportunity. I was uh, I became the athletic director and head baseball coach um, by default at uh, Jay Sarah. And what I mean by that was. I became the athletic director at Jake Sarah from 2004 to 2006. And that was a very unique experience. I was at Saddleback College right literally down the street 
and had the opportunity to be on the ground floor of the program that was emerging and becoming a powerhouse and did some tremendous things. And, and obviously, you hear about what a great program they've continued, and it's, it's a, it's, they've done such a great job. But that was a unique experience for me because I got, I, got I got to grow and see the, uh, what it took to build something from the ground up, um, from facilities to the vision of what the, what the direction the board members wanted to go, and, and very thankful for that experience. Our coach uh, moved out of state, and I got to coach uh, one year there in 2006. And I believe we were D5 at the time. But we got to play some, some bigger schools and had success, and you could see the, the track that that school was taking very, very quickly. From there, I had a good friend of mine uh, reach out to me, Andy Rojo. Andy Rojo was at RCC, Riverside Community College, for many years, and he brought me aboard. And um, I had a unique and special experience to learn from one of the best college minds in the game, in Dennis Rogers. And that experience probably changed me as a coach. Um, this guy was um, detailed. Um, kids were prepared. I'd been around the game for so long. Um, you name it. It was absolutely dialed in um, when it came to running the program from top to bottom. And in 2007, we won a state title in 2008. We went back to the state uh, tournament and took third. And from there, I was able to uh, have an opportunity to end up at Vanguard. And Vanguard was a, was a great experience. I was, I was a young head college coach at the time. Um, I was 38 when I got the position. And then uh, it took us a year to kind of, you know, put them on the map, change the culture, um, change the environment. And in, two, in 2010, my second year, we, uh, we broke every school record. And um, I think we were sixth in the country in the NEI at one point. And um, had a great year. We lost in a regional against CBU and a great coach in Gary Adcock. And the NEI at that time was probably the strongest conference for NEI baseball, the GSAC, the Golden State Athletic Conference um, in America. We had 10 teams or a powerhouse club that you see with the Pac West right now, like Azusa Pacific, CBU was in it at the time, Point Loma, Biola. And I think of other schools, Fresno Pacific, and I'm probably missing some more. Um, Concordia, obviously Concordia right down the road. So it was, uh, it was a black and blue league, and I learned how to coach in that at the college level very quickly. So um, the position was a great opportunity to learn. Um, again, finances were, were tough at, at, at the time. Um, I had left a teaching position in Riverside. I was a, a biology teacher. And then in the afternoon and in the weekends, I would go coach at RCC. So I took a pay cut at the time to become a head college coach and chase my dream there. But financially, over four years, it was tough to make that consistently happen because it was a significant cut in pay. But I don't regret that. It was a great learning experience, and it opened doors for some things for me. Um, my last head college job was at uh, San Diego Christian in 2013. And in a year's time, the one season I was there, we went 39 to 19, broke the single season win mark there, took third in the GSAC, and we're five outs away from going to College World Series. That was a great experience. Um, that was a group that had not, I want to say at the time, it was a relatively new school. One had never been in the postseason, but two uh, never had a winning season. 
And if there was ever a group of young men that was ready for um, moving to the next level and putting in the work and, and just grinding, it was that group. That was a very special group. Um, I'm, I keep in touch with those young men. Um, you know, I watch them grow, and that's part of being a coach and mentoring and, and those types of things. And it was just a, just a group that was that got after it. We almost shocked the world, you know, got the World Series. So very thankful um, for, that, for that experience. Um, after that, I had to go back into teaching, and um, that's, you know, I'm a teacher first and coach. As much as I love coaching, and that's a big part of my identity, I'm a teacher. So I went back into education and then missed the game, had some friends of mine, the college level, made some suggestions, and they, and they introduced me to Scott Winterburn at the University of Laverne. And, uh, you know, Scott runs such a detailed program, does such a great job there, um, got a new facility built. At the University of Laverne, that feels awesome, and they do such a good job at the D3 level. And it was able, he enabled me to get back in the game and get my name out there, and and then uh, and then Ukaipa um, unfolded. And so, how that came about was this: um, as a recruiting coordinator, over time, I had about I want to say eight, eight or nine or ten, roughly ten um, Ukaipa Thunderbirds that had played for me, either through club ball at the JUCO level or the four-year level, when we won state pilot Saddleback, we had our starting shortstop was from Ukaipa. Our first baseman D8 was also from Ukaipa. Um, prior to that, I had a couple other players that played for me at the four-year level and also um, the uh, club ball um, arena, if you will. And so that is how I came into contact with Ukaipa. Um, Coach Dow um, was getting ready to retire. He was there for 41 years, did a phenomenal job. And those players, you know, they went back home. You know, they're men now with families. Said, "Hey, you know, Coach is going to retire. You ever thought about coaching high school?" And they had approached me with it. I want to say in the summer of 16, I was still coaching college, and really wasn't on my radar. And you know, Coach Scout was not ready to retire, and so then those talks kind of went away a little bit. But then when he announced his retirement in um, on the in the 17th season, those conversations sparked up again. I had preliminary uh, discussions with uh, some of the admin. I know they were starting some of the search committees together, and what changed my mind about high school baseball was this: being an educator. But two, you know, you kind of, being from Orange County, you know, there's there's programs that are steeped in tradition, like in modern day. And when I thought about baseball in the Inland Empire, Ukaipa was one of those programs. And Coach Dow did a wonderful job. He won three CIF titles. You know, he is a National Hall of Fame coach, CIF Hall of Fame coach, Ukaipa High Hall of Fame, and. You know, I was looking at that, and I remember being on recruiting trails on the college end of it. Every time you would step on a field, whether you were in Arizona, San Diego, Northern California, once you saw that you type a logo, you knew exactly what that program represented and, and who it was. Everybody knew about that logo. Everybody knew that that was a type of high school logo. And I could not think of too many high schools other than modern day at the time in my mind that stood out like that. And so I thought long and hard about it. And I was like, you know, if I was going to make that transition to high school, it was going to be a Ukaipa. And so I, uh, I interviewed for the position. 
you know, thought long and hard about it. And uh, once once they offered me the job, I just uh, put my nose to the grindstone to, to elevate and keep tradition there at Ufaipa and, and just start coaching my tail off. Yeah. So well, that's kind of kind of how it all came about. You know, I've been coaching for 22 years, and it's been you know it's been a blessing to be coaching at, at the high school level. Um, the community is small; it is a baseball town. Um, that was one of the things that um, brought me to the decision to come to Ufaipa. You know, the baseball community there is gigantic. It is a place where kids, you know, it's a small town. Kids, you know, they'll see and, and say, hey, coach, I'm going to play for you. Or the community comes out and really supports the baseball program. And that's really not indicative of a lot of um, a lot of cities, only because you know, the cities are bigger. Then they have two or three different high schools. And so for us, we've got the, you know, you know, the slogan that we have is one town, one team. And though it sounds cliche, it's very, it's very much true. And so they get behind their high school athletics. And again, they really get behind um, their baseball program. So that was, that was, uh, that's how that came about. And, um, you know, that first year with coach, taking you know, over coach Stout, it was a uh, big shoes to fill, really big shoes to fill. And, you know, it was not as easy. I had, I had a, I had a podcast with, uh, with Dr. Mario Soto, who does um, sports psychology over at CBU, and he, and he does podcasts as well, and he asked me about it. And I told him that the job was not very, um, it wasn't as smooth, and the transition was not as smooth as it probably looked at on the outside. You know, you were walking into uh, a community that was used to a coach that had built uh, a legacy there for 20, oh, excuse me, for 41 years. And, and you're also, you know, you're going into a, uh, a community that's a baseball town. So for me to walk through those steps, the first thing I had to do was just make sure that, you know, whatever, you know, the vision I had for the program and how we were going to go about it, the environment we were going to create, we were going to stick to our guns and create that environment. One of the things I learned about coaching for Dennis Rogers, you know, was basically, you know, head college, head coaches in general, they're responsible for the environment. The environment that you create at the end of the day, a head coach is responsible for that. And a lot of people talk about culture, but, you know, for me, I think you define culture by what you do daily. And I learned that from watching Dennis at RTC. So we brought that approach and, um, it took a while to, to get going. It took a while to earn some trust. It turned a while, it turned, it took a while to see some results. And we had a very successful fall. We played a bunch of games. We played a very aggressive fall schedule. I believe we played 35, 38 games. And by the end of the 2018 season, when we won a CIS title over Beckman, that was our 75th game. And it's a lot of baseball, but we had to develop the program from top to bottom. And not just our star athletes, but we had to develop the entire team. You can't just win, win with one or two players. We had to develop everybody. So it, it, was, uh, it was probably one of the most labor-intensive jobs I've had. I've had to um, resurrect a few. Um, college programs. And I think the one here at Ukaipa, it, it took a lot to get it to where it is right now. Just because you were dealing a lot, dealing with a lot, a lot of transition, a lot of tradition, a lot of things that um, that were a certain way. And so for me to get it going, we had to play a lot of games, and it was an uphill battle. But you know, there was a there was light at the end of the tunnel, and it culminated to a championship. So that's that's, that's kind of kind of what we got. And, that's what I got right now, Joe. 
Yeah. And that's kind of where we're at. And so what going back to, I, I saw you, like I said earlier, I saw you a couple months back when we were able to get on the field and play. Um, I guess it was considered a fall ball game, but it was, you know, after January, I think so. But, um, yeah, in the spring. Yeah. So it was, you know, just kind of, and, and culture is kind of something, it's like a common theme that we, we speak about in these episodes. Um, and a lot, you know, especially with the college guys and you've been a part of that game, um, you know, how important that is to create that, um, the environment you want so that, you know, players, they find it easy to buy into, they know where they fit in. Um, they know what the standards and the expectancy is, but they, you know, and that's across all facets, you know, like, you know, what, what's expected of them as, you know, when they go to the plate, what's expected of them on defense, um, as a teammate, you know, uh, you know, in the classroom, stuff like that. I think that all fits in. Um, I think you've done a great job there. I mean, yeah, coach Stout was, you know, he's, he's legendary as far as high school coaches are concerned. And, um, should I remember even when I was in high school playing against the Kaipa high school and just seeing the type of, you know, not, not the talent they had on the field, but, uh, when I was playing high school ball and just watching them play, it was just, there was just a different, a different way they go about it, you know? And I think you've, mm-hmm. you, you've found a way to continue that, um, uh, that, that part of the tradition there. Um, and obviously still, you know, finding ways to win and, and do all that, but you know, what you do, um, as a coach, as a, and as a head coach, as you've, um, you, you've, you're, you're building up these, the, these kids and, and, and then watching them grow into manhood, you know, cause they, you know, they come in when they're 14, 15 years old, they leave you at 18, you know? So, yep. you know, you're, a, you're a, you know, you're an important part of, you know, their growth, um, over those, you know, four years, you know, so that environment that you have, because baseball is such a big, you know, such a big part of, you know, a, a student athlete's life, if they're playing, or, you know, if they're playing baseball, you know, it's a big part of their life. Um, in high school, that's what you look forward to every day. I mean, I remember, I'm sure you do as a player, just going to class and just waiting for practice or, or being excited for the next game or, you know, so it's such a big, you know, it's such a big part of you. And so that, that culture that you, that you implement there and you cultivate is, it, you know, it, it either makes, it makes guys want to show up or it makes them, you know, dreading, you know, the next workout or the next practice, you know, and that's yeah. a really big, you know, that's a really big, um, a big deal because, you know, it teaches them to become motivated and self-motivated, you know, makes them want to do extra work, you know, and fit in to that culture that you present for them. So, um, you know, so a little bit now about, you know, over the last, you know, you talked a little bit over the last couple of years when, you know, as you've won some games and in the CIF championship a couple of years back, um, was that year one for you there, by the way, when you won, when you guys won that? Yeah, that was my, that was my very first year. That was, that was my very first year. We, um, we did, we did, you know, that, that year was a whirlwind. We did, um, I was thinking about it. So, um, a friend of mine is a fellow PE teacher. I got hired May 1st and I was 17. That's when they introduced me um, to the program and, and announced it. And I was, I was talking to, again, Dr. Soto about it. I worked 41 days straight without a day off to get that program off the ground. And what I mean by this is just, like you mentioned, just, you know, trying to instill culture, trying to instill, you know, create the environment. And then, but also we built facility. We, you know, we, we redid our dugouts. We did our infield. We did our cages. We, I mean, we just, I went out it with the same vigor as I did when I was the head coach at Vanguard in San Diego, trying to get it um, to a level um, in my mind that I knew would compete um, at a national level as quickly as possible. So I didn't really change my approach to record. You know, the things that I did 
and, and I mentioned this to one time to a, um, a reporter about, you know, if I did anything different. I think the only, I think the thing that really helped me was, was being a former high college coach and most of my coaching experience came from that arena. I didn't change anything. I, I just took that model and how I go about my business and I implemented it at the, at the high school level. And it was a lot for them to digest, but now they do it without really thinking about it. It's a lot of work. Um, I'm one of those coaches where I don't believe in three or four hour practices. My practices, practice plans have been the same um, for years. Uh, and again, I learned that from Dennis Rogers and, and, and Rex Peters. Really hasn't deviated. There's some flexibility in it to do some things and implement things. But if you can't get stuff done in two and a half hours, then they're not organized. In my humble opinion, they're not organized very well. The transitions aren't very good or the messages can be conveyed real well. So for me, the practices were, were always pretty much trying to be um, emphasized as being organized, up-tempo, um, a place for learning, not a place to just have time. And it took us a while to, to implement that expectation. But once we got it, it worked out really, really well. Yeah. And I yeah, think so that, to talk to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a big deal too. Like you just kind of touched on, um, time management there with running an effect, an effective practice, you know, in two and a half hours. I mean, it, at the college level, um, shoot days are so long for student athletes, you know, I mean, you got weights, you have class, you have study hall, you have practice and it's, you know, it's literally mm-hmm. full days every single day, right. As you know. So, you know, if you're, if you're on it and so you're, you're just kind of used to, you know, it, you know, running those effective workout practices because, you know, you know, and that's, and that's where the high tempo energy comes into play because if you're not managing those two, two, two and a half hours worth of practice, well, you know, guys aren't getting the work they need to get in. Um, they don't play at the energy they need to play at, uh, to perform and compete. Um, so you bringing that to the high school level, because that's, that's not very prevalent at the high, in the high school game. You know, there's not, and it's not, it's not a knock on high school coaches or high school baseball in general. It's just that just like the talent pool is pretty watered down from, from a player perspective, right? The talent pool from a coaching yeah. perspective is pretty watered down all the way, all across the board. It's not just high school ball. It's, it's club and travel baseball. It's, you know, maybe at the college level, but I don't think as much just because guys are, you know, guys generally, if they're there, they've been taught some pretty good baseball along the way. But yeah. the you know, in high school ball and travel ball, especially, you know, because I'm involved in both worlds. Like you see the you see the talent pool just get a little bit more diluted every year. You see the coaching pool get a little bit more diluted every year. Good coaches are kind of getting ran out of the game because they're just you know, the, the, you know, either players aren't buying yeah, in or the, parents aren't buying a, in. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough situation. I, I ran into that as well. I, I I'm I'm pretty lucky. I mean, we. we we were very intentional about what we, what we would allow and wouldn't allow in the program. We had um, we were very much held our kids accountable. Some of our parents didn't like it. Some of our kids didn't like it. I would tell our parents and kids, it's, it's, uh, we're, I'm not going to be for everybody. We're not going to be for everybody. But I think the, the saving grace was our athletic administration was very much in tune and supportive of what we were doing. And that's not real indicative in a lot of uh, high school settings. So, and I understand that. And it's a rough situation to be in. So for me, I'm pretty lucky to have have um, the backing of admin for that, but that's not always the case. So it, it is, it, high school's rough. I'll be honest with you. If I had, you know, I had this conversation, I have a lot of college friends and a lot of college baseball coaches, coaches that are friends, and they, you know, they ask me, what's, what's, the, what's, what's harder to do? 
college or, or high school. And, and college is such a grind. It, it takes a, a dynamic person to do all the recruiting and development, the, the amount of time you put in, um, you know, just the 56 game schedule, all those and balanced family and all those kinds of things. But I think high school is tougher because you're dealing with kids that are 14 to 18 years old. There's a maturity process. There's an emotional maturity process. And then, then you're having to deal with parents and all the things that parents want to do or all the things that kids want to do sometimes aren't realistic. And then they've got, you know, then they've got other people telling them where they think their school fits at. And, you know, you're, you're the coach who's dealing with them every and, and there's a lot of pitfalls with high school baseball. And it, it, it's kind of sad because it's a, it's a great game. And it's, it's, you know, it's something that needs to be, uh, I think high school coaches need a little bit, uh, need to be backed up a little bit more um, with some things, you know, if they're doing the right things on and off the field and all those kinds of things. But it, it's rough, especially to be a high school coach in Southern California. For sure. Yeah. No, speak, and that, speak to what you were just talking about. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw a little bit of that, um, you know, with our head guy over at Rancho Cucamonga, and um, I mean, just the bat. I mean, he was only in there since November, and just you know, just just his presence alone was enough for somebody to say, you know, just to kind of complain about you know, just a new coach, you know, or, you know, it's, it, and, sure. and it's you know, it's that sense of entitlement. I think that just you know, it kind of. Um, and it obviously becomes cancerous amongst, you know, in, in that culture you try to create. But I think the the um, the trick is if you can overcome those types of things, you know, if the program can overcome that type of um, negative traits um, and even get, you know, an adjustment made on those parents or players that are causing those, you know, kinds of issues, either whether, you, whether they, you know, feed out of the system and go somewhere else, or they're able to buy into what you have, you know, then that's, that's when I think you're doing a really great job um, and finding a way to not just win on the field, but you're creating that again, creating that environment that, that, you know, the majority of the kids want to be a part of, you know, and that's, you know, that's who you're there for. You're not necessarily there for the guys that, that don't want to be there. Cause again, everybody has a choice, you know, and if they don't want to be there, they don't have to be um, just wish they, you know, yeah, I agree with that. You know, just wish I, that, I agree with that. I, I think, um, I think that one of the things that have helped us to be successful is um, we really work on um, our team dynamic. We work on the team thing real a lot. It's, our kids understand. I have a saying. I'll say, you know, like we do like a we do like a pre-practice huddle, you know, small three or four minute talk. But one of the things I have in the program is not about you; it's about the team. And we we preach that all the time. And though, you know, entitlement is at every level, especially at the high school level, you know, we dealt with that my first year at a gigantic level. I'll get a story to that in a second if we have time. But, um, you know, one of the things I tell the kids, like, you know, scouts really don't show up. The college coaches don't really show up. They'll show up for individual guys. The thing about it is if you have a really good program, it attracts more scouts, more college coaches, and other kids are seen as well. So if you're working in a, as a unit because it's a team game and you start doing some things, you start beating some teams, people start showing up and it's not just the one guy. Well, there's another guy that got dealt with team. We've all heard that story where, you know, scouts goes to see one, one, one prospect and then comes away with another one, you know, that type of thing. Or a college coach goes to see one guy and comes away with two or three other guys from another recruiting class or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we convey that to our kids. We also convey the kids that, um, 
you know, in our program, accountability is going to be gigantic no matter who you are, who your name is. You know, everybody's going to be accountable. And that's just how we go about it. Um, you know, and you have to, you have to do things as a team, um, to, you know, to make those things work. And I'll give you examples. We've had, you know, we've had a sports psychologist come out. We've had, um, other speakers come out, like former players talking about tradition at the high school, like a Matt Davidson, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that played there. We've had college coaches come out and talk about, you know, team dynamics and we even go into the classroom, you know, again, being a former college coach, I, I mean, I implement those same things that I do, that I did at the college level. I still do at the high school level. So in my program, we're very much students of the game. We don't just roll it out. I'm going to coach him. And sometimes I get stuff with my kids because, you know, they're kids and they say, I just want to play baseball. And I get that. I get that. But as you know, there's, there's a certain level you need to get to, and, and those are the tools we got to use. You know, like Dennis always says, you got to put some tools in your toolbox, you know, to get you going through life and that's in, in the game of baseball. So right. that's, kind of, that's the approach that we take. Right. And, and you know, Dennis, I mean, I've, I've been around him a little bit. He was, uh, and every time he speaks, you know, you just kind of jaw drops to the floor and, you know, you soak mm-hmm. it all in. It's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to get distracted when he's, you know, when he's got something to say. So, um, for you to be around him, I mean that you know and the pedigree that he brings to the table. That's something um, that's invaluable, you know. So, um, and that's something you carry on with what you do. So, I think that you know, uh, the vast majority of you know, because I know some of the players in your program, you know, and so the vast majority of the guys really buy into you know who you are as a coach and and the program you've you know you've you've created there or you've you know you've instilled. So. Um, something to really be proud of. Um, I think you're going to be successful in the game as long as you want to be a part of it. Um, and for, you know, I think that the, the players and the families are very fortunate to have a guy like you, um, that are, that are kind of running that, running that show over there. So, um, you know, well, well, let me, let me leave you with this. I, I do, I, I, you know, I appreciate all those things, but what's going on with me right now is afforded to me by mentors that I've had. And so I understand my position in the game. Um, I've had mentors that have done things at a much higher level that I have, like, you know, like a Dennis Rogers or, you know, a Vince Brown at the high school level or, you know, or, or Rex Peters or even some guys that I talked to like Danny Henderson and Jim Lentine, those are, those are football scout guys. But the one thing is, um, I understand my station. It, you know, it's to, it's to develop and promote, um, young student athletes. And that's, that's my job. And I'm a teacher at the end of the day. I love coaching baseball, but I get that's what my job is. That's my calling. And so I don't forget that. So that's probably why I'm trying to, I'm, I'm kind of tough on kids at times as far as the accountability piece, because you know, as well as I do, the game ends at some point and you've got to help develop them, develop them as young men, because they're going to be husbands, they're going to be fathers, they're going to be leaders in, in, in you know, in life. And they've got to be able to, you know, develop that way in the game. What a, I can't think of a better game than baseball to do that. And so, you know, that, that's probably, you know, that was probably one of the biggest things I learned under Dennis Rogers and, and, and under, and under all of the coaches that I've had that, you know, as a player, you think, you're thinking, okay, it's about this, it's about baseball. And it is, but the underlying current is it's, it's about how to be successful in life. And, you know, that's something I learned a long time ago. And I understand that's my position as, as a teacher and a coach. So, you know, I keep that in mind when I coach. And, you know, that's kind of 
thing we're not. Awesome. No, I mean that 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 message is is very important, you know, and baseball does end, you know, as a player for sure. And then, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be a coach and stay in the game, you know, like you and I are, then uh, then obviously, you know, you still get to take those, you know, what you learned in the game and apply it immediately um, into what you're doing. But also in every other walk of life, you know, those those lessons are fundamental in 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 anything you, you know, anything you want to pursue. So I think it's really important that, that you touched on that. But you know, I do want to take the time to, you know, to, again, just say thank you um, for for what you do for for kids and players, um, putting up with what you put up with. Sometimes, I mean, that's something we all do. You know, um, you gotta get, we yeah. gotta take the bad with the good sometimes. Um, but you've overcome, you know, a lot of that, um, if not all of it, and you're, you know, you're going to continue to be successful. So, you know, with that toughness, I think that you you set the example for you know for everybody that you know all the players that you that you touch. So, um, really appreciate you know, guys like you and, and, and what you, what you bring to the table for, for players. So, and Joe, I appreciate it. I, I do. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you just taking the time to be here and, you know, and, and talk to me about some stuff and, and fill me in. Cause I'm learning too, you know, I'm learning, you know, different perspectives and different, you know, different, uh, different ways to look at, look at baseball and the game and development and all that stuff. So, uh, very, very we're all, excited. We're all, we're all a work in progress, man. There's, there's so many things evolving in the game, and yeah, absolutely. Any anything that helps your, I think anything that helps you convey the message better and develop kids is how you go about it. So hey, I appreciate you having you having me on here. And again, I think I'm very fortunate to be to be a teacher and coaching in high school, especially in Southern California. So I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Awesome. All right. And to listeners, thanks for, you know, thanks for tuning in. If you were able to stick this one out and, and get all the way through the end, please take the time to subscribe and, and, you know, whether it's on iTunes or, or Spotify and leave a rating or review, um, all that feedback is, is, you know, very appreciated. Um, till next time, I'm not sure who we have next for, for the episode that we have coming up, but I'm sure it'll be just as valuable as what we learned today. So thanks again. And we're signing off and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.